Welcome to the Twin City Auto Wildcats pregame show. Roger Engel along with Coach Chris Elmore. Coach, another season's on us already here for Wildcat football. Yeah, we're excited. It's uh, obviously been, a, been an interesting last five or six months, and uh, but we're excited to hopefully uh, uh, get back to some sort of normalcy and, and get out there and play on Friday and, uh, and uh, you know enjoy being back in a competitive atmosphere. A lot's gone on, as you mentioned. We were originally supposed to take on Athens to start the season, and due to COVID problems, they had to forfeit to us, so we replaced them with Briarwood. Right, it kind of worked out, uh, I guess, in a, in a pretty easy way for us. When, when I got the call from Athens, we were obviously disappointed and didn't know if we'd be able to find anybody uh, on short notice. And then the next day, uh, the same thing happened to Briarwood and their coach and, uh, and I know each other from, from my days in, in, uh, at Chelsea. And so he, he called me immediately when he, when he got the news their game had been canceled and wanted to know if we wanted to play. And I said, we'd, I said well, if you can come here, we'd love to play. And, and they, they were supposed to travel to Madison, so it worked out perfectly. And um, so we're excited to you know, be able to play them on Friday and, and uh, kind of get the season off to, to you know, like I said, a normal start and not a start where you just have to have a forfeit. Like we said, a lot of things have gone on over the last few months, and not only to affect you and your preparation, it's also going to affect the crowd and the people in attendance. We're going to have to take special precautions. Yeah, um, you know, back when this all happened in uh, late March, when, when when we got the news that we were about to shut down school for for two and a half weeks at that time, um, <clears throat> we I told the players in the weight room, I said we're kind of living in unprecedented times, and nobody knows what to expect, and nobody knows what's going to happen, and and that obviously, uh, unfortunately, kind of lived to be true. Is over the next five months, everything was different, everything got uh, flipped upside down, and and so as we you know basically prepare to to start back to to I guess the first high school sports that, that we've had in this state and uh, since that time. Um, it will be different. It'll be, you know, I think uh, people that went to some of the high school graduations across the state in, in May will be similar to that. There will be there'll be plenty of seats available, but uh, there will be uh, some social distancing uh, asked to be you know, conducted, and there'll be some uh, bleachers taped off. And, you know, our band's going to actually sit in the end zone uh, this year to kind of open up the stadium more. Uh, so they'll sit down there and play in the end zone, and uh, that'll open up the entire home side and, and hopefully allow us to uh, be able to accommodate all of our fans that, that want to come to the game, but also, you know, be able to be spread out and, and not necessarily uh, right next to maybe somebody from another family. So we think uh, our plan's pretty good. And it is, you know, of course, the unknown is we just, you just don't know how many fans to expect right now. Um, uh, we, we hope it's a good crowd, but obviously, uh, like I said, things are different and, and you don't know how many will show up and how many will choose to stay home and maybe watch it online. So, uh, but we think we're ready for uh, whatever crowd there may be. and. Uh, you know, it will definitely be a different atmosphere than we've been used to in the past, but uh, hopefully there'll still be, uh, you know, the Friday night atmosphere everybody can enjoy coming to watch. Well, if Friday night scrimmage was any uh, example, there was a pretty good crowd out there then. Yeah, I think that kind of surprised me a little bit. We, we were wanted to be kind of family only, and I think, you know, word kind of got out that uh, it was going on and people trickled in that night. And uh, uh, I think what you're seeing is I think people are it's been a long five months and there hasn't been a lot of even sports on TV and there's been no really a lot of live sports other than some probably little league uh, you know baseball and soccer and some things like that uh, I think people are kind of anxious to get out and see some competition again and um, so yeah, obviously we understand that people don't come to the game. We we, we are aware of the virus and understand that it's, it can be very uh, concerning to some people. And and uh, but people that do want to come and and want to you know stay apart from others, we encourage them to come on. And and uh, hopefully it'll be a um, you know a good event. But I think, like you said, I think people are just ready to see some competition. And 
and uh, football's the first up as far as high school sports, and and so we're kind of uh, we're excited to be you know be back out there on the field again. Other than what you mentioned about the band going to be on the uh, in the end zone and. They've expanded the sidelines, you know. So, mm -hmm. any other things that the fans will notice about what's different on the field? Well, the sideline will be, and I don't know if that'll be real noticeable. But instead of the 25 to the 25, it'll be the 10 to the 10. So I don't know how noticeable that'll be. It'll be. I think the biggest thing will be the, the band will be in the end zone. And talking to Briarwood, I don't know if this will be the case every Friday night. But Briarwood's elected not to bring their band, so they won't have a band. It'll just be their fans and. Um, you know, you'll see some, some players on the sideline with masks and the coaches on the sideline with masks, but the players on the field will, will not uh, be wearing them during the competition. Uh, the officials, I think that's going to be kind of left up to each official. I think some will wear them, some won't. But um, uh, it'll definitely it'll, it'll look a little different. I think the biggest difference will probably just be the fact that you don't, instead of having two bands on each side of the field kind of going back and forth playing with only one band in attendance and in the end zone, it'll, it'll have kind of a different feel to it. But, um, um, and we're not going to, we're not going to dress as many players. I've not talked to Broward. We're not going to dress as many players as we normally would. We don't, we don't like that, but they, you know, one of the recommendations is to try to have your locker rooms at about half capacity where we can, you know, comfortably get about 90 players in our locker room. So we're, we're going to dress about 51 or 52 tomorrow. Um, so I think I'm back really it's going to be 49. We've got four or five others that are just uh, not dressing because of injuries. So we'll have less players on the sideline than we normally would on a Friday. So um, we don't like that because we'd like to be able to dress all of our 10th, 11th, and 12th graders because we like them to experience the game from the sideline, even if they're not maybe going to play a lot. But uh, I told uh, those kids, uh, yesterday that, you know, it's just the, the, the situation we're in. Um, they all deserve to be able to dress, but we had to kind of make some uh, decisions on which players were dressing. And basically we're dressing players that, you know, are part of our kind of, I guess you call it our two deep rotation that would have a chance of getting in the game, uh, whether it would be because of injury or whether it be on a special team or whatever. So, so that may look a little different. Instead of having 70 to 75 on the sideline, we're only going to have 50. So that'll be a, a different look as well. But I think, uh, you know, I think our administration's done a good job of, of, of getting the stadium ready. Uh, and, and they'll ask people to, uh, try to be socially distant between other families, but if uh, if they're obviously six feet apart from the other family, I think that the mask can be off. I think they'll expect people to have masks on in the stadium, but once they get seated, I think if you're not right next to somebody that's not part of your family, uh, then hopefully the mask will be able to come off and people will be able to enjoy the game and, and hopefully watch it somewhat normal. For, I know people might have some questions, but thus far at least there's not been anybody test positive. No, we've been very fortunate. We've been going at this for about, uh, you know, 12 weeks now and uh, since June 1st, basically, and uh, we have not had really any cases amongst the team. Uh, we had one uh, in the summer, but that, that player had been had been going on vacation for, for seven to eight days, so he really wasn't around us when he got it. So uh, we've been very fortunate. We've had some, some players that have had family members get it or even had some coaches that had family members get it. We've had to kind of quarantine them for, for a few days to make sure that everything was good. And we've, we've done all those you know, recommendations that the uh, health department does. And, and uh, it's been frustrating for some certain players to have to miss some time because a, a brother has it or a mom has it or whoever. But we've tried to do the right thing. And I think hopefully that's limited. Um, you know, it, it's spreading amongst our team. And, you know, we've we've clean things more than we've ever had before. And I've told somebody the other day, I think some of the things that we've had to do because this is probably a good thing, instead of cleaning the weight room or cleaning um, certain things once a week, we've gone to, you know, every day. And so, so things are getting uh, sanitized on a more 
a regular basis and we're spraying down their helmets and shoulder pads every day and, and uh, trying to keep all the, the germs out of the locker room as best we can. And um, so, you know, so far that seems to have helped and uh, we'll continue to do that. And, and uh, the players are definitely more conscious of those things and, and they've done a good job of helping us, you know, because now when we finish a session in the weight room, instead of just going about our business, we're all grabbing a rag and uh, a, uh, you know, hand sanitizer, not really hand sanitizer, but the cleaning solution and we're spraying down the bars in the uh, weight room, we're spraying down the benches and we're making sure everything gets cleaned back up the way it was. So uh, it's been different, but the players have handled it really well and, and uh, because of all that, we've been, been fortunate enough to, to, to stay healthy so far through, through this deal. Hope you hadn't lost that good old locker room smell. Well, it's it's not uh, maybe as uh, strong as it was, but uh, I think you're always going to, anytime you get uh, uh, 90 pairs of shoes in a locker room. You're going to have you're going to have a little bit of a smell in there. So, but uh, I think we uh, it is a little different though, just because um, you know we're spraying it down on a daily basis with a uh, with a disinfectant that that you know I think's helping. So, but it uh, it's definitely been it's definitely been different. Does the high school association have any rules regarding the footballs themselves that maybe the officials will be in charge of? Yeah, they've got some. Uh, they've, they've got some recommendations as far as cleaning the ball between series and stuff like that. And I, that's you know I think it's something that will be done, but it's not. I don't think a, a major issue. Uh, it's really. I mean, the balls are really wiped down after every play anyway. So even before all this happened, I mean, and so now we're just going to change a little bit with a you know a little bit of solution there to be able to kind of clean them, but I, that, that's not really been a problem. I think the other big thing you'll notice is, you know, there's, there's only going to be one captain at a coin toss now, and, and, and then the other thing is after the games, in fact, I've, got to, I've still got to talk to Barwood's coach about how we want to handle this. The, after the game, there won't be any handshakes. So, um, so there will be some uh, things that maybe look strange throughout the course of the game. Um, you know, timeouts maybe a little longer, so we're able to, to properly uh, you know, hydrate everybody because obviously we won't have water bottles out there. We'll have cups. So, that, so there's gonna be a lot of things that are a little bit different. Uh, and they've given a uh, instead of a one-minute timeout, they may end up. You don't have to make them two, but they can even be two minutes this year. So there's gonna be some things that are a little bit different than they've been in the past. But um, uh, in general, I think you know it's still gonna be football, and there's still gonna be uh, the, the same rules going on. It's really gonna be more pre-game and post-game rules that are different than anything else. After we take a short break, we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about football finally. Exactly. We'll be back to the Twin City Auto Wildcats pregame show in a few moments. First Fidelity Bank has been serving our community since 1969. They are located in Fort Payne, Rainsville, and Eider. They offer fast, friendly, and easy service along with ATMs, mobile, and telephone banking. They also offer debit and credit cards.
They understand that banking can be stressful and want to give you the help that you need, just like family. They're honored to be members of our community and wish all teams a good and safe season. First Fidelity Bank, the finest traditions of community banking, equal housing lender, member FDIC. The Times Journal, DeKalb County's oldest newspaper, strives to keep the community informed on government meetings, school activities, sports, civic clubs, events, and more. They publish three days a week and have a readership of over 18,000 people with each publication. They also produce the DeKalb Living Magazine, another popular Times Journal publication, and their website, timesjournal.com, is one of the most viewed sites in Northeast Alabama. The Times Journal is a huge local supporter of all our area. Owner Patrick Graham and publisher Trisha Dunn wish Fort Payne and DeKalb County teams a wonderful season. Hey everybody, this is Andy White down here at Bobby Ledbetter's Twin City here in downtown Fort Payne and I just want to tell everybody about some of the inventory that we've got. Right now we have just about any kind of vehicle that you could ask for. I've got trucks, cars, vans, SUVs of all make, Chevy, Dodge, Ford, you name it, we've got them. Probably more trucks than anybody in the southeast right now, so if you need a truck you can come down here and see us. As far as the car selection, I've got the high end such as BMWs, Mercedes-Benz, I've got some of your middle-of-the-road cars like uh, your Chevys, your Fords, your Dodges, things like that. I've got a couple of smart cars down here. Just want to tell you, we're, we're loaded for bear. we got so much in their inventory right now, and we just came off of a sale, got a lot of our inventory down, but luckily Bobby's found some great deals on some cars online. He went to the auction, bought a bunch of stuff, brought it back in here. That way we keep our inventory rotating. Everything is fresh. Got a bunch of new cars for everybody to come down here and take a look at. As far as financing goes, still got plenty of banks that uh, are taking any type, they're giving any kind of lending as far as your uh, secondary, primary, uh, subprime, we got just about any kind of lending you want. So we want to invite everybody to come down here. Probably the only dealership in this area that's got the kind of inventory that we have. So we want to tell everybody to come down here and see us. We're at 1015 Golf Avenue South. You can shop us on the web at TwinCityUsedCars.com. Give us a call, 256-844-2210. Thanks, y'all. Y'all come see us. Welcome back to the Twin City Auto Wildcats pregame show. And Coach, we talked about how we had to switch Athens for Briarwood. Uh, had you really started doing anything toward preparing for Athens and then you have to switch it up? Or? You know, we were right at that point. Um, they called on a Monday and, and uh, we were getting ready to start doing a little bit of, of Athens stuff that afternoon. And uh, so, you know, obviously at that point we, we just put that on hold and then the next day, like I said, Briarwood called. And, and the good thing about the switch was we were looking forward to playing Athens. They've got a great team, great program. Coach Gross does a good job. I thought it was going to be a real big challenge for us early in the season just to see where we are. Um, but they were going to be a little bit more difficult to prepare for. They, they do some different things on defense, and they've got a good running quarterback, and so it was going to create some issues. But the thing about Briarwood that I've always enjoyed playing them, and we, that was our big rival when I was at Chelsea, we played for four years down there, is they're very consistent about what they do. They, they, they're very well coached, and they, and they execute what they do really, really well. 
but you know what to expect when you play them. They're going to do the same thing uh, generally each year on offense and defense, and they're going to be very sound on what they do. So that kind of helped us in some ways because uh, not to say they're easy to prepare for, but, but it's, it's not as uh, complex to get ready for them because um, you know where they're going to be and what they're going to do. You just got to be able to, to you know, you know, execute against them, which is difficult. The reason why it's difficult to play them is they're, they're so accustomed to what they do, they're, they're very, very good at it. And mm-hmm. so it becomes difficult to play against them, but it's not difficult uh, to prepare for them because you know what to expect because they're so well coached. So uh, that part has helped us out a little bit. It's not, uh, it's not been a deal where we've had to uh, change a bunch of the things we practice in order to prepare for them because you kind of know what to expect with them. What type of offense are we looking to see out on passing, running, or a mix? They, uh, yeah, they, they do a good job of, of being balanced. They always have. They, they want to run the football, but they've got a good uh, young quarterback they like. It started, ended up starting. He didn't start early in the year for last year, but you know they went 12 and two last year in 5A, and really, really were about two minutes ago away from going to the state championship game. Pleasant Grove scored on them with about a minute and a half to go in the game, I think, um, at Briarwood in the semifinals. Uh, to beat them 16 to 14, so they were real close to going all the way to the to the finals, and um, and then ironically, Pleasant Grove got beat the following week on the last play of the game. So, you know, they weren't too far away from being a state champion last year. And uh, anyway, their quarterback was a ninth grader last year. He ended up starting about halfway through the year, so he'll be back as a tenth grader. And I know they really like him. His, his last name is Vizina. Uh, and uh, tall kid, about 6'3", six, 6'4", six, throws it really well. So they're going to try to throw it, obviously, a lot with him. But they've always wanted to be very balanced in what they do. And they've got a, a good uh, you know, running back bag. I think he's going to be a junior uh, named, I think, Luke Rebels is his name. And so he's a good player, too. So they're going to stay balanced. But they'll look similar to us in that they'll get in a lot of spread formations. Uh, but at the same time, I expect them to, when they need to have some uh, good, tough short yard runs, they'll, they'll get in some goal line sets and do some things like we do. So uh, it, it'll be, you know, I wouldn't say like looking in the mirror, but, but in a lot of ways they're going to do a lot of the similar things that we do on offense. Well, let's turn our attention, I guess, toward us now, another season upon us. And the last couple of years, Coach, <laughs> I really hate to say we didn't play up to expectations, but all those injuries just was devastating both mm-hmm. the last year, first two yeah. years here. Hopefully we're going to avoid that this year. Well, we need to. Um, you know, the first year uh, I was here was very tough because it was so many in such a short time. It was, it was a couple of the first week, two or three the second week, two or three more the third week, and it was just like we never could get any kind of rhythm uh, because it was a different lineup every Friday night. And then obviously last year uh, losing one of our you know, premier players on the team in the summer was a, was a devastating blow in losing Donald. Really after losing Donald, we – we did pretty well the rest of the year with injuries until late in the year, and then we lose Samuel Hoadland uh, in a car accident. He gets hurt and misses the last couple of games. So um, we didn't have as many injuries last year, but the, the two we did were, were devastating blows because of how, how big a you know, part of the team we had. Um, you know, we're in a situation this year where we really need to stay healthy. We've, we've, we've got backups and we've got depth, but the guys that are in there first are a little more advanced than a guy that would come in there second right now. So we've got some key spots that uh, will need to stay healthy for us all year for us to be able to be successful in the field. So, you know, we're, we're uh, you know, crossing our fingers, so to speak, and hoping those guys can stay healthy the entire year so we can, uh, you know, be productive on the field. J.D. coming back as a senior quarterback this year, that's going to be a hell. Yeah, we're, I'm excited about J.D. You know, when you have a five-month, not a five-month, but when you have, a, you know, a two-and-a-half-month layoff like we had, um, well, you know, of course, he was a, a baseball player, and I would not have been working with him a lot anyway. Uh, but we would have been able to have a spring training. We've been able to do some stuff there toward the end of the school year. 
but to him to have a layoff like he had at quarterback and then not really have a summer as far as having seven on sevens to go to and all that stuff, uh, it's amazing how much he has progressed since last year. He, he, he is much improved. I'm excited to see what he does Friday because uh, he has done really well so far in fall practice. He's throwing the ball much farther uh, with much more velocity and he's making better decisions. And uh, he has not necessarily gotten a lot bigger, but he, he's more elusive, I think, than he was last year when he runs the football. So uh, we're really excited to see what he does, you know, being, so, you know, so to speak, the full-time guy like this year. You know, Matthew would come in there some last year in certain situations, and, and this year, you know, unless J.D. gets hurt, I mean, he's going to be the guy the entire time. And so uh, I think he's excited about it. And like I said, a lot of improvement since last year, and we're anxious to see what he does on Friday night. Well, actually, you could see him improving throughout the season last year mm -hmm. even. Yeah, he did. He, he, he got better as the year went. No, there's no doubt about that. And, and like I said, right now, big, big jump from where he was when we played Pinson Valley last year. And so uh, interested to see what he looks like out there against another opponent. Also good to have for who I guess I would characterize as the uh, breakout player of the year last year in Hunter Love. Yeah, you know, when Donald got hurt, we were obviously concerned last year. and, and But at the same time, I knew Hunter could do it. It's just a matter of him getting enough reps to do it. But Hunter, I thought, really got better as the year went on and, and played well early, too. But, you know, once we got into kind of the, the, the thick of the season, he really became a, a kind of, you know, quote, workhorse for us. And, you know, never really thought I would have a running back that could carry it, you know, 30 to 35 times a game. and and not really be phased by it. And he, he's one of those guys. I and mean, he, once, once the season, it may be tougher for him early in the year, but once we get into the middle of the season, and especially it cools down, I mean, he can carry the ball 35, 40 times a game. And to be honest with you, he gets better as the game goes. A lot of times he's better in the fourth quarter than he is early. And that's kind of rare for running backs. Usually it's the opposite. Usually you try to monitor their carries so they're still fresh and late in the game. But it's kind of the opposite with him. The, the more you give it to him, the better he gets. And uh, but he, uh, he really, like you said, had a really great season. I thought about the Coleman game, uh, which was week nine, he really started to kind of figure out what we do in our zone running game. And that's what a lot of people don't understand um, if you watch us play offensively. Our running back, our running back's job is, is sometimes simple as far as knowing which way to go and, and, and what to do, but it's so complex because he has to make the correct read every play. And if he reads the, how we're blocking him uh, the incorrect way, you know, we don't gain yards on the first thing everybody in the stands is going to say is we got to get the line to block. Well, they may have blocked correctly. He may have made the incorrect read, but he really got better at that as the year went. And uh, like I said, he, he was uh, very efficient, you know, the last three or four ball games about making the correct reads and hitting the ball where it was supposed to go. And uh, so excited to have him back. And, um, you know, again, we have not given him a uh, him and J.D. both have been very limited as far as how much contact they've gotten this fall so far, but uh, you know, that was by design. We want to try to keep them as healthy as we can, and uh, he, he's excited Friday to get out there and actually kind of, uh, you know, kind of be turned loose, so to speak, and, and be able to play full speed for the first time in a long time. If we really had anybody step up and replace Penn Holster? Uh, you know, Penholster and Shaddix are both two guys that are very, very hard to replace. And, you know, we've got some receivers that have, have gotten better. We don't have anybody that's going to be the size that Matthew and Carter were or, the, or have the strength uh, that they did. And that's what kind of separated them is, is their ability to uh, be physical on the perimeter, not only blocking, but also, you know, you know, getting in and out of routes and being able to handle man coverage. Uh, but 
Uh, Sawyer Birds has gotten a lot better. He's going to be a junior this year. It's hard to believe he's already started two years, but he's going to be a big-time player for us, I think. And Cam Thomas, who's played corner the last two years, has moved back to offense more full-time, even though he'll still play some defense. And Cam's had a really good fall. Cam's can really go get the football. He can jump up and high point the ball and uh, uh, makes a lot of good catches. And then we've got uh, Connor Cash and Ricky Adame and Brody Bruce, who all have really gotten better this fall. Uh, and, you know, Will Cathy's another guy that played for us really the last two years, and he's been kind of hampered by some injuries. Uh, over the summer, but when he gets back healthy, that'll help our receiving core as well. But those group, those guys have gotten better, and, and we're excited to you know see them improve. But coach, where we really needed help was at kicker. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was wanting Alex to, to see if he could get better in the off season, and and uh, he has, which is a good thing. So Alex is probably his number one critic, and uh, you know he is not. Uh, uh, he's not disappointed so far in fall camp. He's hit, I think, a 58-yarder at practice one day and some other. So he's, you know, he continues to get better. And, and even when he's, even when I think he's doing fine, he's, like I said, hard on himself. He thinks he can do better. So he, he's uh, constantly working and, and uh, excited to have him back, not only this year, but obviously another year as well. So, but he's, uh, it's, a, it's definitely a, um, a difference maker for us. Covered the offense pretty good. Uh, what do we look for on defense? Well, we're, we're a little younger there, and I will mention before we go to defense, our, our offensive line, I'm excited about them. We've got four returning starters back, and then we've got two more guys that played some last year. So we've got a lot of experience back there, including two three-year starters. Uh, excuse me, three three-year starters, Riley Hewn, Logan Beard, Nathan Gentry. So that group is, uh, has really been consistent throughout the, the fall camp. But defensively, you know, we lost uh, about seven guys on defense and, and lost basically our entire back seven with the exception of Darwin Camp. So he's the one returner back there. Um, and we've moved some guys around from offense to defense to kind of fill in those gaps. Will Abbott has kind of gone from a backup quarterback to our free safety, and he's really, I told him this morning, he's really improved a lot since we started back in June. Uh, so he'll be our free safety. And then uh, Seth Williams will be our other outside linebacker with Darwin. And then at corner, we've got a, we're working a lot of guys at corner. And uh, so it'll be Cam will play their some. some uh, Connor Cash and Ricky Adame, who play offense, will play their some. And we've got some other guys, Brax Goza. Aiden Smith, Jacoby Foster, there's a lot of guys that have been working there, and uh, Alex Akins. Uh, so we've got a bunch of guys that are kind of trying to find, we're just trying to find the right fit right now at corner. Uh, and so you'll probably see a lot of faces there. Uh, inside linebacker are two new guys. We lost uh, Nate Crane and Tyler Newton, both really good players. But uh, Will Green and Devin Wells both had really good JV seasons. Uh, and, and they'll both be juniors and have had a good fall camp, so we're excited about them. And then the good thing on defense is we've got pretty much our entire defensive line back. We've got, uh, you know, we had five guys that rotated last year, and all five of those are back. Uh, Heisman Brown, Daryl Prater, Makai Maxwell, um, uh, Dakai Goodman, sorry, and Jaden Dubos. And the guy's a little hampered by injury right now. I don't think it'll keep him out much longer. He won't play this first week. But uh, the other four are back, and then Layden Crow's another guy who, who has gotten some time there that uh, gives us some more depth there. So um, we're excited about our defensive line and our offensive line for sure. We just got to have some got to have some guys in the secondary step up quickly, and um, and, and we got to figure out quickly. You know that's the problem about not having a spring game or fall jamboree. We don't we don't really know. So we're going we're going we've seen them in practice, but we got to see how these guys play on Friday, and uh, and then we'll start to be able to figure out who, who needs to play corner more more than the others. And um, but when we can figure that out, I feel like our defense will continue to improve as as the season goes. Those uh, defensive front uh, capable of putting a lot of pressure on the other team. Yeah, and that's what we've told them. That'll, 
would make our secondary better. They can help out our young guys in the secondary by doing a good job getting some pressure. And so we, we hope that they uh, can do that. And, and it's been a mess in fall camp because our two strengths are offensive line and defensive line. And so it kind of goes back and forth each day who gets the better of who. And, and so sometimes we can't tell, you know, is our defensive line not doing real well or are we just have we come that far on the offensive line? I, I think our offensive line is, is really solid right now and, and they need to improve. But when you have three three-year starters, uh, and another guy that started last year, and then, like I said, two more that played some last year. You know, you, you've got some experience there, and and we're not small up front on offense. We've got, you know, we've got a 290-pound guard, we got 275 at center, and another 250-pound tackle, and. Uh, a 250-pound guard and then a 220-pound other tackle. So you factor all that in with a running back that's 250 and a tight end, Sawyer Bird, who's about 220. We've got some size up front, and, and uh, so that's that's made a difference for us so far in fall camp. And now we got to see what they do, you know, on Friday night. Well, Coach, we talked a little about losing Athens, but that really didn't hurt us since we replaced them with Briarwood. And we go next down to Gadsden City, and we have a pretty stiff uh, schedule this season. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I think a lot of people thought I'd lost my mind when the schedule came out, but it was kind of difficult to schedule this year. And I think, you know, when, when you're in the location we're in, kind of here in the northeast corner of the state, it's kind of hard to find games sometimes. And then, you know, we've been fortunate enough to win the region the last two years and then win a playoff game last year. I think it was, it was difficult to get people to, to, to want to commit to the game. And uh, so, and then some of the teams we were playing non-region ended up in our region, which made it even more difficult. So, you know, Scottsboro and Pell City were teams we were playing last year uh, and would have probably played them again non-region, but then they ended up in our region. So um, uh, it was difficult to find people to play, um, you know, at least nearby, and, and Gadsden City wanted to play, and uh, Athens did, and then North Jackson, which is, of course, an old rival, wanted to play, and we got them back on the schedule, so that'll be good. And then, of course, you know, Etowah is always good, and, 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 and as close as they are, uh, even though they've got a quality program, you, you kind of hate not to play them just because that's always been a big rival too. So, you know, we've got four tough non-region games, even replacing Briarwood. I mean, you know, Briarwood, Gaston City, um, uh, Etowah, North Jackson are four tough games. And then, of course, we've got the defending state champions, Oxford, in our region. So uh, there's five games on there already that uh, even before you talk about that, and the other ones are tough too, but there's five tough games just on paper looking at that we're going to have to be ready for. So it's going to be a – uh, not the last season schedule wasn't tough, but I think uh, I think it's definitely gotten a little uh, more stiff this year. Anytime the defending state champions in your region, uh, and they've got as many people back as, as they do, it, it obviously adds to the difficulty of the uh, of the schedule. Well, hopefully we'll have a good crowd turnout Friday night. And not only if you guys have changes, we've had changes this season. We will not be carried on the local radio station, but we're still going to be available on the internet, also on all Fort Payne TV, FPTV. It, be able to watch the games at home and uh, numerous other sources. So be sure to look at the Times Journal. And uh, if you got any questions about how you can watch the Wildcats this fall, call the high school and ask them. They'll be happy to tell you. Yeah, Mr. Blackson and his crew's done a great job. The FPTV app that they've got is really going to be a, a, a neat feature, and I think it's going to be going to go really well. So anybody that uh, you know doesn't feel comfortable coming to the games or doesn't want to travel to the road games, I think if they'll tune into that app, I think they're going to see a, a quality product, and it'll be a good way to watch the game if you're not there live and in person. Well, that'll do it for our first Twin City Auto Wildcat pregame show. As we said, look forward to seeing you at the stadium Friday night and hear back next week. For Roger Engel and Coach Elmore, have a good evening.